Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Phase Zero, Season 2, Episode Number 43. 43. We're already 43 weeks into the year. My goodness, where's it going? I'm your host, Brandon Davis, joined today by Jamie Jirak. Good morning. (laughs) Yes, that is that. That is that. Back to Wednesdays at nine a.m. Yeah. Pacific time, right there. <laughs> Nothing but joy. Nothing but joy to be here early yeah. in the morning. Jenna Anderson, what's going on? Hey, everybody. I feel Jamie's pain. I totally do. I'm. It's going to take some getting used to going back to Wednesdays, but this this will be fun. We'll see. We're probably just here till Secret Invasion. If uh, if the Mandalorian is going to be on Thursday or Wednesdays again, and then if Secret Invasion is on Thursdays, you know we got to do it with the shows, but. Uh, we're we're here on Wednesdays for now again. Aaron Perrine, how you doing, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. I I'm sitting here dreading the switching back and forth. Please just space these shows out. Please yep. something. That would be nice. Mando and Secret Vision at the same time. Yeah. My <laughs> brain's gonna explode. Wouldn't it be nice if things just allowed us to go on the same day of the weekend? <laughs> <laughs> How was everybody's uh, Halloween weekend? Everybody have a good time? Jamie, Jamie had a good yeah, time. Jamie did. Mine was super boring, so y'all talk about yours. I did nothing exciting, so we had a little party. Jamie, Jamie was Jamie was dressed up as Nicolas Cage. Yeah. I say we. Jamie threw an awesome party and it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was good. It was yeah, good. Aaron, All right. Hope you had a little party. It was fun. And I saw everybody in the community on Twitter was uh was seemed like they were having fun. I saw a lot of costumes in the phase of your community on Twitter. We love y'all. We love y'all. All right. So we have a we have a fun show today. Uh we're gonna talk about some MCU news. We're gonna predict the Black Panther Wakanda Forever Rotten Tomatoes review score. Spoiler alert, I think. Uh it's going to be pretty good. Well, we'll get to that. We got some casting. We got some new Disney Plus stuff. Uh, with Venom. We have to talk about Venom. We just have to. <laughs> so that's in today's show. Uh, next week, we will be on Wednesday again. And then I believe we will be on Friday with a bonus episode dissecting Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I will not be on next Wednesday's show. Mm-hmm. Jenna's going to be leading the charge. Awesome. So I'll be, uh, I'll be, I'll be sitting on a plane somewhere towards, towards Jamie. And Aaron, and then uh, you guys, you guys will just have to do the fun stuff. I'll be <laughs> reclining my seat, hopefully not pissing anybody off behind me. All right, <laughs> let's get to the news. Uh, Jenny, you want to kick us off with the news this week? Yeah, so um, according to reports, uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II is in talks to play Wonder Man in the MCU. He will be in his own Disney Plus series, presumably in other things beyond that, if you know anything about Wonder Man. Um, I will give the very, very quick cliff notes about who Wonder Man is if people are not familiar, because I know a lot of people really only know him from the Nathan Fillion kind of fan cast and the posters that almost happened in Guardians Volume 2. So Wonder Man is Simon Williams, and he's the son of kind of Tony Stark's 
competitor, essentially. And he embezzles money, goes to jail for it, blames Tony for it, kind of has a chip on his shoulder. Zemo recruits him to join the Masters of Evil and basically is like, hey, go infiltrate the Avengers for me and pretend to be a superhero. He does. It, it doesn't really go well. He ends up in suspended animation. Um, Hank Pym kind of uses his DNA and his brain scans and kind of molds vision off of him, which is a whole interesting thing when you think of the WandaVision of it all. And then Wonder Man kind of gets the second act. He becomes a superhero. He becomes an actor. He becomes a stuntman. He joins the West Coast Avengers. And that's kind of where he is now. He's just kind of one of those characters that a lot of people have like this cult following for, but he's just so specific in his in his like whole deal in the Marvel universe. So um, so he is in talks to play this role um, and Destin Daniel Cretton is in talks to direct some of it, which is very cool. Very interesting to think about when you think about him also doing Kang Dynasty of how the logistics of all of that are going to work. But so what do y'all think about this casting? I have opinions. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think we all know that there's a little bit of a romance uh, brewing in those comics. There's been a little romance with Wanda and I think that the two of them together will be hot. And I tweeted this and some people were like, but Jamie, what about Vision? And, uh, you know, Vision's on his journey. And I think that I, I like the idea of a Wanda and Vision endgame, of course, their endgame. But you know what? Endgame's far away. Uh, and sometimes you got to sell some oats on the way. And uh, sometimes those oats are super hot. So uh, I'm into it. Also, uh, gr just a great casting choice in general. I, you know, I, once you play Dr. Manhattan, it's hard to imagine like how you can go anywhere else. But he's also an Aquaman. So it's like just hit everything you can. I think that's awesome. I, I do totally like my second thought was like, how is how is his chemistry going to be with Elizabeth Olsen? Like that was immediately my first thought. Like, I know I had tweeted beforehand, like Henry Golding should play Wonder Man. But like, this is such a like casting on the same sort of level of like their chemistry is going to be off the charts. It's funny, like Chris and I had a debate for like the entire day of like, does this mean he's no longer Black Manta? But it's like, I feel like they'll make it work. I feel like he'll still be both. I hope as much because props to him for getting as many comic book roles as possible. <laughs> James Gunn's going to physically drop him onto the set in the helicopter every time yeah. they need him and they come pick yep. him up when it's necessary. Yep. Uh, I, I'm really excited. I know some people want Nathan Fielder. I know. I know. You can still keep hope alive. It's not in like in stone yet, but I do think I'm like, wow, because he's a really, really fantastic performer and you need like a little bit of that edge, I guess, for Wonder Man. Simon's not always the nicest Avenger to get, uh, get along with. So I think that along with the other new Avengers that we're we're getting, it should be some really fun interplay for sure. And Destin, you know, it'll be there'll be some levity in there as well, um, which is kind of necessary for this whole thing too. Him and Big Kingsley together in a series is going to be hilarious to watch the two of them work together. So I'm excited. I'm here for the romance element of it. Listen, people die, people move on. We all do it differently. But Wanda, I think. After her, how she acted in Doctor Strange, she's ready to move on. Uh, and that toaster is unplugged. So it's <laughs> uh, I think this casting is awesome. Yeah, yeah this, I went to the set of Aquaman back in like 2017. And it was before we knew anything about or saw anything about Black Manta. But we knew Yaya was playing Black Manta. And this man was giddy to pull out a photo on his phone and show us himself wearing the Black Manta costume. The dude cares. He's a big fan of this stuff. And uh, I think I've, I've only ever had really pleasant encounters with Yaya. So as far as I'm concerned, I support, I support. That's a big W for me. Can't spell Wonder Man without a big fat W. And uh, <laughs> that's where I say, and Destin Daniel Cretton, friend of the show. All right. So I'm here for it. I'm here for it. 
But we're not done. We're not done talking about Disney Plus shows. And coaches. I mean, speaking of toasters, exactly. A vision quest. Okay. Coming to Disney Plus. I did not see this coming. Starring one Paul Bettany, written by Jack Schaefer. I don't know if you know who that is. Uh, uh, the showrunner writer of WandaVision. Hello. I mean, come on. This is like so exciting. Uh, I'm, and it's, they're like, oh, is vision going to be on like a quest to find himself and that's i i love it i of course love the idea of wanda potentially showing up in this but also if it's just his own thing i think that's uh that's fine too what do you guys think see i have a theory and i wrote about this like the day that this was announced and now i've like started building up the show in my head almost a little too much but i want this to be like a stealth west coast avengers show like you put wonder man in it you put the hawkeyes in it you put like you build out that roster you even throw roadie in it because he was initially there as iron man for a little bit so i think having all of them be like the the supporting cast of the show as vision is doing his thing would be really cool but if this is just vision for six episodes that also is cool too so either way we win an anthology style series with Paul Bettany doing weird topics and like talking to himself <laughs> and stuff. It sounds very, very funny. Like poor Tom King's just somewhere like they're just going to adapt everything that I've ever done. Okay. All right. Sure. I was, I was wondering for you guys, I wanted to ask because there's some speculation that it might be sitcom themed like WandaVision. Do you think that would be cool? Cause I'm, I'm down to go back to TV land. I'm completely 100% sign me up. It's like I've said before, uh, we got the family sitcoms in WandaVision. I'm ready for my work play. I want some some office and all that. Like, so yeah, I'm 100% into that being its whole section. I mean, I guess She-Hulk was kind of workplace, but different. It's not like, <laughs> yeah. like you know, not not modeling after, you know, not the WandaVision way. You want the full-blown like Cheers homage, essentially. Yeah, 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 that's exact correct. I want to see the bar. I want to see the sets, just like we saw. I think Vision Quest uh, is one of those books that Jim we Viscardi. saw the Brady Bunch house getting homage. Yeah, I think I think Vision Quest is something um, Jim Viscardi would want to speak on. It's a shame. Mm -hmm. It's a shame he's in his jail cell because he told us to uh, <laughs> to invite uh, people on the show who who prompted quite a, quite a bit of "Don't you dare invite them on the show" on Twitter. So I, <laughs> <laughs> if you saw on Twitter, Kim Kardashian uh, played Mystique for Halloween and Jim texted me and said, get her on the show, BD. So I just took a screenshot and I said, hey, Kim, uh, my boss wants me to invite you on the show. And then everybody was like, this is why you stop answering calls from jail. But, uh, yeah, Jim, Jim, uh, Jim, Jim, Jim's, Jim's not on the show today, sadly, sadly. But I think Jim is a Vision Quest guy. All right. Let's talk about Black Panther Wakanda forever. The reactions are in. You heard our reactions last week. We were pretty dang positive. I've seen the movie twice. Aaron's seen the movie twice. Uh, the reactions are out there on Twitter. They're very much positive. And even the ones that aren't like glowingly positive are still pretty positive. So what I want to do here is all of us, uh, I'm sure we've all read quite a few of the reactions to Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I want to see if we can, who can get the closest to predicting the Rotten Tomatoes review score, the embargo, I think, I'm not sure. I think it was next week. I don't even remember. I do know it's in here somewhere, but I don't know it off the top of my head. I have no idea. So here's the thing. After these premieres, obviously, people tend to be quite positive, myself included. I know we get excited. We get out there. Sometimes you get a Thor situation where it's like, oh, if I love this and then I thought about it and I, I don't. Sometimes you get a Shang-Chi and you're like, damn, that movie was every bit as good as I said it was. 
I try, I try to be as reasonable and honest as I can when I review these things, but I know sometimes, you know, you get, you're the first person to see, you get a little excited. Sometimes those premier, premier nerves get you and they get you excited. I think that Black Panther Wakanda Forever, we were all pretty, pretty fair about this one. And I think this one's going to get a, uh, pretty solid review score. I'm seeing somewhere in the eighties, but I want to go around, see what everybody's thinking for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Aaron, what are you thinking? Um, I think. That we're probably looking at high 80s, maybe even a 90. I think probably 88 would be where I would slot it because there are obviously some elements that, oh boy, tiptoeing around talking about this movie without talking about it. Um, as I try to write the review for comicbook.com, which I've been working on and I'm terrified of because I really enjoyed the movie, but also don't want to shortchange it because I feel like it's very important. I feel like the um, the critics would probably feel the same. I like. It's hard for me to talk. Come back to the show next week to hear me talk about it in detail, and I'll explain myself. I would say, like, because I was looking at the score for the first movie, and it's a 96, which is very surprising when you think about, like, just the landscape of Rotten Tomatoes and superhero movies. Um, I agree with Aaron. I would say, like, between, like, 88 and 92 is about what I'm thinking. Like, it seems like not having seen it yet. I see it early next week. It seems like the reactions are positive, but that there's still a lot to unpack and a lot to untangle. And I know even when a superhero movie doesn't have that, there are still some critic reviews that are very a little more critical. And so I feel like it, it having something to say and it having a lot to unpack is probably going to knock it a couple points, but I think it'll still be pretty high. Um, I do think it's going to be in the eighties. I'm going to, I'm going to go lower eighties though. I'm going to say 84. Uh, and I think it's uh, because there's a lot of factors. There's a lot of external factors. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen the movie though. So uh, this is like total guesswork here. Uh, but, uh, but that's, uh, that's going to be, I think length, uh, could deter some people. Um, so, but I do think that no matter what, it's going to be fresh for sure. I'm definitely seeing fresh. I'm seeing low eighties as well. I think that the runtime is going to take some people out of a positive score. It's, it's definitely kind of long. I'll say this the second time I watched it, I felt the runtime less than the first time. I think that's because the first time you're trying to figure out the movie and you're also trying you, for me, at least I really felt Chadwick's absence. And both, you know, emotionally and, and in terms of like, man, I feel like I'd be enjoying this, obviously, more if he was in it. Uh, and then the second time I was able to just enjoy the movie we had a lot more. And it's like, you can, you can't, obviously, it's like, you know, you, can you criticize it for not having T'Challa? Well, that's going to be in, on, on an individual basis because of the circumstances. But I think they did a really incredible job uh, making a movie, really changing course and making the movie they made. Uh, and simultaneously honoring Chadwick and what he did with T'Challa. It's going to be 100% of people are going to be tearing up at the end of this one. Uh, and I think the review score is going to be in the 80s because it does run a little bit long. It's not a perfect movie, but it's I think it's I think it's really pretty good. So definitely fresh. Definitely going to be one of the highest rated Marvel movies in a minute of the year, I think. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying low 80s with Jamie. I, th I think like 83% just to be different. Just to be different. Just because just I don't want to take that 84 that Jamie took. Everybody right. as good as prices, right? Yes, Brandy. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, why does RT matter so much, Julia? To be honest, I, because we all talk about it. I don't know. I, I, I because I, honestly, Rotten Tomatoes can make or break a movie's box office. It really yeah. can. And I mean, in the case of Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, no, that first weekend is not you know living and dying by the Rotten Tomatoes review score. I'm sure there's this percentage of 
box office sales that would be affected by a 95 versus a 60. You know, I think that this movie is going to make $200 million. If it had a 95, it might make 210. If it had a 60, it might drop to 185. That's the sort of thing. I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of publicists, a lot of studio marketing teams, they put a lot of weight into Rotten Tomatoes because that's just the first thing people think of. There's a lot of people who aren't in, in, on Twitter, who aren't in our comment sections, and we're not interacting with them on social media, who real quick will just go look up a movie, they'll see a bad review, and they'll be like, nah, forget it, I don't want to go. And they don't re listen to the discourse. That's most moviegoers, I'd argue. I will say I, I I like Rotten Tomatoes. I know it's not a perfect system. I know that like with review bombing and stuff, I rarely even look at the audience scores anymore. Uh, but but it depends. For me, if it's a comedy, I will I don't care what the Rotten Tomatoes score is because comedy is so like subjective. I, I love comedies that have ten percent. Like it's uh, like it depends. But if it's a drama, if I've seen like like Don't Worry Darling is an example where I was so hyped for that movie and then the reviews were so bad that I still haven't seen it. Because if it's if it's that kind of genre and it's the consensus across the board, I, I do think like, again, it's a flawed system. But I do like that it exists because it takes the reviews and aver it's, it averages them. It's 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 and if there is a specific reviewer that I whose opinion I trust or like, I'll go read that specific review, but it's just a good plot, quick plop of a, of a thing. I don't think it's a way to base your whole life off of, but I do think it's a, it's a fair, fairly uh, uh, quick and easy system. And I'm, I'm not surprised that it's become so important, I should say. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I also like, there, there will be a few critics I enjoy hearing from. Uh, I remember like before I worked here, I would always check IGN. I would always, like, I had the IGN app on my phone. Now I'm not allowed to. If I try to download IGN, Mr. Elodie, and just my phone will just explode. Just <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I would have the reviews I would go to, I would trust, I'd enjoy hearing from, and I would know, you know, what kind of review to expect. And now, now that we all do this, I'm sure we have our friends who see the movies. We have, you know, critics we know. We get to ask them and, and read their reviews and stuff. So I have a few friends. Like, if I don't see a movie, I'll text, like, Jake Hamilton or Kevin McCarthy and be like, yo, what would you think of this movie? Can we talk about it? Because there's no... The, the hardest thing is when you see a movie early and there's an embargo on all the social stuff and you got to text friends and be like, wait a second, Kevin, am I the only person who likes this movie? Like, what's going on? <laughs> did, I, did you hate it too? Because I don't want to be the only one who hated it. Uh, yeah, but that's, I guess that's, that's um, whatever, whatever our job is called problems. <laughs> also, so letterboxed. Uh, Letterbox is way harsher than Rotten Tomatoes, uh, yes. and it's, it'll give you a whole new, a different kind of vibe. Uh, that's my you audience. Have a Black I don't Panther look at the on your Letterbox. Say it again. Are you going to have a Black Panther review on your Letterbox? Um, after I see it the first time, because it'll be before the movie comes out, it'll be kind of a short reaction, kind of like I treat it like Twitter. Um, I will probably okay. rate it, and then and then uh, when I see it again after it comes out officially, I'll write something longer. That's what I usually do. Nice. Nice. All right. All right. Follow me on Letterboxd. <laughs> Go follow Jamie on Letterboxd. <laughs> all right. We're going to keep moving. We got some Ant-Man news for you. Uh, so what's it going to be, BD? Uh, we got William Jackson Harper cast in a key secret role for Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania. And of course, anytime you have any actor cast in this movie or any actor cast in the MCU period, um, you have are they Reed Richards is the first thing. For those of you who might not be uh, familiar with Harper's work, uh, The Good Place, tremendous fun stuff there. Um, talking about Paul, someone who would be perfect for Paul Bettany arguing in a white room about like metaphysical concepts would be very, very good. Um, so 
That would be interesting, but I don't know if they would go that direction. Do you guys think he's Mr. Fantastic? I haven't watched The Good Place. I don't know if I've ever seen William Jackson Harper act, so I don't feel like I could even weigh in on this. I'm just not, I'm just not going to waste anybody's time. I I don't I, I'm not sure if it's if this is what he's doing. I, I really I have no idea. But I will say uh, I've only I only know him from The Good Place. And the thing about Cheaty that's so funny is for so long you're like this nerd, and then at one point <laughs> later in the show he takes off his shirt and you're like he could play a superhero. Uh, so uh, I don't know. I'm 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 all in. I would be so into it. But I'm also not getting my hopes up because I feel like. Uh, I, I saw somebody tweet this. I wish I could give credit because I don't remember. And it's like, he's probably playing basketball and Robin's employee number four. Like, like it's like, don't get, uh, it's like how uh, for, there was like a minute where we thought uh, Michael was going to be storm and like, and it's like, Oh no, she's, you know, that's, that's not what she is, but it looks like what she is doing is cool. So I'm, I'm holding out hope that it's not some dumb literal, whatever he is doing will be, we'll see him again in the future. Yeah, I, I saw the first season of The Good Place. I also watched the second season of Love Life that he was the lead of, oh, and he was right. he was very great on that. Um, so I, I've definitely been on board with him joining the MCU in some capacity. I don't think he's Reed. I feel like that is like too easy in the grand scape, like grand scheme of things. And I feel like it's the kind of thing that would then dwarf the entire movie if he then ended up being Reed Richards. Like we wouldn't really like that would take priority over so much else. I have a theory about who he's playing, but I don't want to say what it is because I think it's kind of a spoiler, but I think it has something to do with like the quantum, what the quantum realm resistance that they meet in the one point in the trailer. I think he has something to do with that, but I'm very curious to see if he's playing a comic accurate character or if he's just some guy, either wow. way, I'm excited. He's in this movie. Wow. Jenna said he's not the aerospace engineer. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> We're never going to find out who the aerospace engineer is. Like, I've just resigned myself to that fact, honestly. No such thing as an aerospace engineer in this world. I'm pretty sure the Ped, I'm pretty sure Penn Badgley got is, is or at least was pretty far along in the talks to be Reed Richards. I'm pretty sure there was some truth to that. So I, I kind of feel like that's what we're going to end up hearing. And I feel like the Fantastic Forecasting is being cast for the Fantastic Four movie. I'd be kind of surprised to see them debut somewhere else. But if it is, going to be a fantastic debut in, in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Feels like we're going to get that, that like the Fantastic Four movie is going to be set decades ago and they've just been trapped in there. Maybe that's how they got their powers or something, but I don't know. I, I, I'd be, I don't know. I think Jenna's got, I think Jenna's onto something. All right, we're going to take a one minute break. Then we got some more casting news to talk about. It was Agatha casting all along. We got some eternal stuff to talk about. Blade and Venom. BRB. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. 
Welcome back to Phase Zero, Season 2, Episode 43. Thanks for hanging with us. On Wednesday now, our new time, at least until Secret Invasion starts. Hopefully it's also on Wednesdays because we've noticed more of you tend to watch and listen to us when our show is on Wednesday. So we want that to keep happening. Uh, but we we love our audience. We love the community on Twitter. Also, the, the Avatar trailer dropped this morning. Anybody watch the Avatar trailer? Not yet. Nope. It's wild. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I, for a movie that I was like, okay, y'all, whatever. And then I see like the crazy, like the, if, if anybody remembers the first Avatar trailer, long ago in the before times, right? They had all the crazy light up, insane, glowing floor and fauna. Somehow James Cameron's figured out, but what if I did that? But it's underwater and it still works. I'm mad. I'll be there. <laughs> I don't know about IMAX. There. I'll be there. God, I mean, I'll be there. I'm going to be there. It's Avatar. It's a big movie. You know, I love a big movie, but listen, I'm going to be honest with everybody. Like I, 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 it's like a movie I really want. I genuinely want to be more excited for. And I know I will be excited when it's closer. I went and saw Avatar in the re-release in 3D and IMAX. Me and Richard went out there and I never got to see that movie in theaters in IMAX. And it was awesome. Like it was really, really awesome to see it in IMAX. 3D. It was beautiful. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it was that to just turn the camera on. And Richard is not one to just turn the camera on, but uh, uh, it, it, it was it, it was awesome. So I don't know it's one that I really really want to be more excited for, but I'm just like, well, it's coming. Uh huh. I I could not be less interested in Avatar two if I tried. Wow. Uh, wow, wow, just wow. Sneak peek at a letterbox I, right I just, there. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I haven't seen the first one since theaters. I didn't really like it then. Yeah, I, I will. I'm I'm not going to see Avatar two. I highly doubt it because it would require me to rewatch the first one, and I have better things to do. I will say that this week I watched Piranha two: The Spawning for the first time, which was James Cameron's first ever movie, and it's like that man has been working with water since day one, and that movie was so bad. It's like he's his whole life making up for it with really good underwater stuff. I'm a big Titanic fan. I'm not anti-Cameron. I love Titanic. I love True Lies. Love me any kind of Terminator situation. I But I just don't care about Avatar. Yeah. I also say one other thing we got this But you know morning. what I do care about? You know what oh. I... Oh. What? She was trying to do the perfect transition and then BD just like side oh. 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 <laughs> I was trying to transition. Uh, yeah. But, but then you froze... <laughs> Go for it. Go, go for it. No, no, no. Get, roll it. Roll it into the... I was going way off topic to share my excitement for The Last of Us. Oh. Uh, and so we should probably just stick with... We should probably just stick to Marvel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> all right. All right. Speaking of Marvel... Uh, uh, no. <laughs> this is what Wednesday does. This is Wednesday brain. Um, we've got... <laughs> We've got another like kind of I'm going to call I'm calling them all WandaVision spinoffs. Uh, Agatha Coven of Chaos uh, casting and writer news. Joe Locke of Heartstopper has been cast in the series. We don't know who he's playing, but I can say who the Internet thinks he's playing. And that's Wiccan. And I, you know, I post a little side by side of him and Julian. And I think I think they look similar. Some people were like, I don't see it. Uh, but, you know, that's how like eyes work. We all see kind of things like that differently. I don't know. Also, writer Megan McDonald's joined the writing team, worked on WandaVision, worked on the Marvels. It's shaping up. Coven of Chaos is my number one hyped of the future projects. Not ashamed to say it. Um, but but what do you guys think? What do you think about Joe Luck? Do you think we're getting Wiccan? Do you think it's uh, I, I saw some uh, Nicholas Scratch uh, 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 guesses. Uh, what do you, What do you guys think? 
I as yeah, soon as I saw the picture of him, I imagined the headband on like immediately. I was like, this <laughs> mm-hmm. this kid looks like you drew like you took the Young Avengers version of Wiccan and just like made him in real life. And this is exactly what he looks like. So I, I feel like he has to be playing him. But if he's not, he's also probably playing someone cool. So either way, I'm excited. I just am like, cool. This We're actually getting a cast for this thing that allegedly starts filming in like a couple of weeks, because at, at a certain point, I thought it was just um Catherine Hahn and Emma Ford just kind of like hanging out in a room. So I'm glad that we're like building up the cast a little bit. Can you imagine what it's going to be like in the weeks leading up to Secret Wars starting filming? Yeah. <laughs> like Kang Dynasty. So, you know, you just know that one day we're going to get that deadline break, that Hollywood reporter break where it's like Chris Evans returning, you know, Robert Downey Jr. to, oh man, maybe I'm getting my hopes up here. But, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think the Wiccan bet seems to be like just the obvious bet. It's one of those that seems so safe that it's like, is it actually that? And it's so obvious that we're going to be disappointed if it's not. I don't know. Uh, cool for Joe Locke. I, I'm here for it. Aaron, you got any thoughts on this? Shout out to Julian Hilliard for having the most fun with this possible on Twitter Seriously. yesterday. He's like, is there some sort of news? Please have him be in it. Please I have know. him be in it. And riff on them aging up like they did in WandaVision again. Like, you know, I listen. I love like, that child. Yeah, I do. He's so wonderful. He has a really fun interview with Chris Kelly on Daily Distraction that mm-hmm. you should all go see where yeah. he talks about how he's protective of his mama, which is delightful. Um, I, I just I, I who can he possibly be besides Wicked? Like I was, when I saw his face, I was like, Jen, I'm like, wow, wow. The graphics on these comics are really, really <laughs> realistic now. What's happening? All right. Moving on. One more piece of news here for me today. We're going to talk about the Eternals. Yeah. Uh, Eternals are going to return, surprising absolutely no one. Um, in my interview with Nate Moore, which you can watch on the Phase Zero YouTube channel, uh, see, you know, listen, we'll look for a headline. We got to put out the headline, Eternals confirmed to be returning to the MCU because Nate Moore said, that's not, the, we, we've not seen the last of those characters, which means they're coming back. So it sounded like he knew something. He said, I don't want to spoil anything. We've not seen the last of those characters. So, Eternals, here's the thing, like, when, when you, like, wow, I've, this is my new thing to say, here's the thing. Wow, that's like the third <laughs> time I've done it today. What's going on here? Uh, when you look at the upcoming slate of Marvel movies, when they have this thing announced and so packed out, there's no Black Panther 3, there's no Shang-Chi 2, there's no Eternals 2. So I'm kind of like, where are we going to see these characters again? So since we're talking about Eternals right now, my question is, where do you all think we might see Eternals other than the obvious choices of Avengers movies. Is there any other place that there could... Here's here's another way to think about this. The Guardians of the Galaxy were introduced before Avengers Age of Ultron, and it was like, oh, okay, we're obviously going to get the Guardians of the Galaxy in the next Avengers movie because that's what they did before. So they're obviously all going to bring all these characters from all these movies together one more time in the next Avengers because that's where they all cross over. It doesn't seem like that's the case anymore. Like, I think there's a good chance. You know, we're seeing Miss Marvel go to the, the Marvels and... We're going to see when we saw Daredevil come to She-Hulk and he's going on to Daredevil and we're going to see these characters pop in and out of each other's series. But that doesn't mean they're all going to be in the next big ensemble. There might be different ensembles. Thunderbolts, for example, is bringing characters from Black Widow and Falcon and Winter Soldier and Black uh, and all these different projects into one thing. I said Black Widow twice. Uh, And uh, I'm curious, where do you all think we might see Eternals show up, if not in Eternals 2, somewhere in one of those release dates in 2025 or 2026? See, I have a theory and it doesn't like it's just a special presentation. 
Like you could you could do like a Star Fox and the Eternal special presentation <laughs> or something and like wrap up all of the loose ends because it's the weirdest thing of this is the one MCU thing in recent memory that like genuinely ends on a cliffhanger and we still are like, well, we don't know when we're seeing anybody next. Like that is the weirdest thing that we're at this point because even like I know we're going to talk about Kit Harrington, but like we don't know when we're seeing Black Knight next. Um, so I feel like you could just do a full movie and I would definitely be there for it. And I would be curious to see what it would entail. But I think doing a special presentation just to like wrap all of that up before we get to Secret Wars might be the way that they go about it. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Looking I, at the, I feel like. Go if, ahead, Jamie. No, no, you're um, you're okay. Now I'm big, so I'll do it. Um, I was <laughs> going to say, uh, uh, <laughs> um, if we do see them again, it's it has to be a couple. I don't think we're going to see all 52 Eternals showing up in like <laughs> somebody else's movie. Yeah. Like, I, you know, it's, it. yeah, right. Like, I, 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 I would rather see them again in their own movie because there's just so many of them. Uh, and and like, I, it would just be silly. I mean, it worked with the Guardians, uh, you know, in Infinity War and stuff and like how they but there's less of them. Uh, there are so many of these. So I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work, but uh, but just give them their own movie because it's just like it's a lot. Yeah, I mean, the Eternals like the Aaron. first characters that I'm like, man, see, seeing them cross over. Ooh, I don't know how that's going to go because there's so many characters we hardly got to know them. Aaron, what were you going to say? Um, I was looking at the slate because I need refreshers on like what's coming up that he could possibly be like talking about. And besides like the obvious of they just show up in Thunderbolts or New World Order because they because they can. Um, has Jim Chan ever worked with uh, James Gunn before? No. Really? I'm going over to DC. Well, that's true. <laughs> I'm saying, but he's a, but they could be in either volume three or the Marvels. Those are the only two things that are in space. The only I, two things that are in space. I did just think of an option, and I'm like, I wish that Kingo wasn't among the group of people who are like stuck in the cosmos being judged by Arishan because I'm like, he could totally show up in Wonder Man, and that would oh, be oh yeah, great. of course. Like that. I that mean, is good. Yeah, that feels like when, a we don't know when it's happening. We don't know when Wonder Man is set. Yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, when we, I think, I don't know, I, I, Eternals are characters, like, there's, it's just, I just don't really care that much. <laughs> like, there's a couple yeah. of them I really, somebody really in like, the, like Macari and Somebody in the comments suggested a Kingo special presentation, and I would, like, love, like, a little Bollywood movie that's, like, that's, like, a movie within oh the MCU starring Light Kingo. Year? Like, I've that's kind of a brilliant idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the light year of the MCU, <laughs> but like Kumail Nanjiani would slay that. I that's what, uh, whoever suggested it. That's what I want to see. Uh, the Kingo movie. It should be like Rogers the musical. Like <laughs> there should be like we should see that scene that he was filming in Eternals pop up in another MCU movie, and then somewhere like if you go to D twenty three or if they make Avengers Con ever, which they should. Kevin, I know you watch our show. Uh, they, they should uh, just play the movie for the audience there. We should get to see the whole thing. Uh, also, I, one other thing about the Eternals, uh, Kid Harrington, who debuted as Dane Whitman, aka Black Knight in Eternals, just recently, just before the show came out, this quote published to Variety. Uh, to see that there could be a continuation is obviously exciting. I don't know anything further. I know that there are plans, I think, at some point, but I don't know what they are. This man is showing up in Blade. This man is showing up in Blade and he knows it and he's not saying it. And he's like, I don't want it, but he does. So Kid Harrington is coming back for Blade. And that right there is what we call a transition. 
Oh, yeah. So we got some Blade shortlist stuff going on here. Uh, My Cosmic Circus, got to give them their credit for breaking this or at least having the report. Um, So with no real director for Blade, just Marshla just sitting in a room with his sword, (laughs) just sharpening it for the next two years. Uh, We have Elegance Bratton, who I, I was like, really excited about to see i was like what what the heck why like the, the weird annals of aaron perrine watching pbs documentaries has finally finally paid off um such such films as uh pure kids and i want to say buck and i was like oh man but also a name that's going to get nobody like you you guys joke around about like the you me and debris thing we are in the same boat where it's like you've seen maybe two things this person's done and you have no idea how they'll handle this big, like, high concept thing. Um, so, yeah. And he also did the inspection for A24. That's the most recent thing. Uh, but any any thoughts on Blade and the shortlist? And I, don't, I haven't heard any other... Has any of the directors come out? Like, anybody reported about any other possible people to helm this thing? Not that I've seen. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think this is the first one, and... I'm not familiar enough with Elegance Bratton to even really have an opinion on this. I just want the movie to be able to get moving and, and, and know more about who's in it, what, what the tone of the movie is going to be, uh, and that kind of thing. Just give us some casting. Ca- casting confirmations would be more exciting for me. They're so, I mean, obviously there's a few directors that could get you to jump out of your chair with excitement, but it sounds like, you know, they, with, between um, these last two that we, names we've heard as directors, it's just like, okay, they clearly have something they want to do with it. I will probably get more invested in the director after I see this movie than I will, you know, it, unless they hire somebody who, you know, we're all super familiar with. There's only I, so many names. I but. will say Aaron being excited makes me excited. Honestly, like hearing you, hearing you hype him up. I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. That's, that's all the endorsement. But I see, use. like, I, I'm like, do not base your decisions on air free. Don't do that. That's not a good idea. Why would you do that? That's not a good idea. I'm happy, but like at what cost, you know, it's just me in the theater by myself, my popcorn, like I'm enjoying myself and everyone else be like, ooh, learning. <laughs> subtext is for cowards like that's <laughs> that's what you're gonna get you know um but yeah i'm I, that would be dope i still want the director of bit, bit to get a chance at this because vampires but eh, that's on jamie's infinite letterbox queue we ha- we're supposed to have a sit down after she sees it yeah it's in my watch list uh yeah i'm, I'm with bd uh, on this one, like I, I just want to know more. I don't, I don't know this director, but uh, also agree with Jenna. If Aaron's, if Aaron's hyping, I'm, I'm, I'm trusting. Uh, I, I, yeah, I just, just make the movie and make it good. I'm, I'm sitting here patiently and I'm waiting. All right, we got one more topic today. Jenna, Jenna saw this one on the list and she said, "I want to talk about <laughs> that one. Give me that news." What I said is, I am the Venom apologist <laughs> on this show, so I will take this one. That that Jenna's was more accurate. Venom is my favorite <laughs> franchise. It is the best. <laughs> it is cinema. Let me talk about Venom. I, I miss one Halloween party, and you all make fun of me. <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh, no. Oh. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just thinking on myself. Um, so Kelly, so Kelly Marcel, who wrote Magic Mike and wrote the first two Venoms, she's also involved with the Fifty Shades of Grey franchise, is going to direct Venom Three. Um, this is 
kind of a wild thing. She hasn't really directed anything before. Her IMDb really has this and one other movie that is in pre-production. So it seems like she's just now getting into directing. But she's obviously written stuff. She's obviously been very closely tied with the Venom franchise. I know it sounded like she and Tom Hardy essentially wrote Let There Be Carnage just like by themselves, which is very cool. So what do you all think about this, of like Venom 3 actually having a director? I mean, I think like one of the most iconic men uh, named Andy Serkis directed a, a terrible movie. So it's like, give it to somebody else and see what they do, I guess. Like, whatever. I like ladies doing it, right? Is that what you said? <laughs> so, yeah, Always. Uh, whatever. Cool. I can't believe that, like, the Magic Mike, like, could you imagine the poster says from the director of Magic Mike <laughs> and it's Venom 3? It's tremendous. I might I might buy it just for that because because of the absurdity of such an image. But, I mean, you know, they're going to clearly keep making these. We're not, we're not out the woods. We're going to keep getting them. Maybe Garfield will be in this one. Maybe she can convince Andrew Garfield to come out of his hole, you know? He's a groundhog in my brain. Yes. I just want to say, I love, I still, I still stand by the first movie. I just want to, I just yeah. want to put that out there. Jenna's not alone. I, I do really, really like the first Venom movie. The first movie to me is meh, whatever. Second movie to me is bad. Uh, Morbius is better than both of them. Uh, I said, that's no. not right. That's I, no, right. no. <laughs> Comment uh, section about to go crazy. Good. <laughs> good. It's just because it's better than both of them, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's fact. So, no, uh, well, I don't remember. Oh, I, I'm wondering like, how, what is left for them to bait us out to go make these movies a bunch of money because, you know, the first Venom somehow got like $700 million in the box office. And then the second Venom, they were like, let's, you know, Black Adam picked up the blueprint. They said, let's put the thing people really want to see in the credit scene. But I'm like, is that, will that actually matter? You know, with this one, like Venom knows who Spider-Man is now. Venom saw that news broadcast. Uh, A piece of the symbiote is in the MCU, but Venom is no longer. He's back to his world. Are those like do, do I have to go see to get those questions answered because I'm a completionist? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't watch Madam Web to find out. Exactly. Oh, ow. <laughs> see, my thing, my thing with Venom, and I know I've said this as I've been an apologist of this franchise, I will just watch Tom Hardy and Ventley, like, I will watch Eddie and Venom bicker forever. Like I could just watch, I, like I've joked on the show, they could just be the new Ernest, Ernest movies. Of, like, yeah. Venom goes to camp, Venom goes to jail, Venom goes to the mm. moon or whatever. And I would still watch them. Like, I don't think we need a larger spider mythos. I feel like the closest we could, like the thing that could be an eventuality is like null and all of the God of the symbiote stuff. I feel like that is the only way that you like up the ante of carnage and all of the stuff that they did in the second movie. But I'm just here for more just hijinks between the two of them, regardless of whatever else is around it. And then you just tie it into uh, uh, Thor: Love and Thunder naturally. That's the natural next step. You, you make the Necro Sword. The this is all a Thor: Love and Thunder prequel. Yeah. Somehow, some way. <laughs> Whatever, man. I just don't care. You act like it right now. <laughs> the Venom movies are so fun. Like I'm not mad at them. I wish they were better. Mm-hmm. I watch them. I laugh with them. In Venom, let there be carnage. Just case I laugh at them. Last night I had a, the weirdest little dream. I swear this is. I'm not making this up. I wish I was. And maybe this is because I've been watching Andor. 
But I had a dream last night. I was in some kind of conference room and Woody Harrelson walked in and Andy Serkis walked in and they're like, let's watch some of the new Venom. And I was like, what is going on right now? This is awesome. But if they weren't there, I would have been like, I don't care. So whatever, man. Venom 3, I'm going to watch the hell out of it the day I can. But ultimately, I'm going to wish, I'm going to probably walk out wishing it was better. <laughs> and I don't know why I had that dream last night. I got problems. I got, I have issues. I got, uh, Andy Serkis was telling me, do your job at the factory. Like my name was Cassie and Andor. And uh, <laughs> that, didn't, that part didn't happen. That part didn't happen. But I don't the know. The take lost. a hold of Brandon. Lost like, it's it's, it's affected his dreams. Yeah. He needs a bell tower. Stat. See, if Doctor Strange is any like is any indication, then that's just you in another corner. Oh of the yeah, that's true. Mm. So somewhere in the multiverse, was, that happened for real. Wow. Honestly, I used to work at Longhorn Steakhouse, and I mean, at least four nights a week, I would have nightmares. <laughs> I think anybody who's worked in a restaurant has had these happen. But I've had nightmares about just being in the weeds at the restaurant and all these tables hating me because I forgot to bring them sweet tea because I didn't bring them any new bread because I forgot to bring their order in. And then you wake up and you're sweating and then you got to go to work. Yeah. Okay. And that's what happened to me last night. I had a dream about venom and then I had to come on here and talk about it and I'm, everything. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, my computer's dead. So if anybody has any questions, Jenna, Aaron, and Jamie might be able to pull them out of the comment section because I can't see them right now. Uh, but if or if Aaron or if Richard Aaron, if if Richard Peter or even if Aaron can, uh, if anybody wants to throw one on the screen, I can see the screen here in the studio. But we are all out of news for the day. Richard Peter, give us give us something. Let's let's do something. So far, everyone in the chat is just commiserating about hospitality. Yep, so so real. you're not alone in having those stress dreams. About what's that? About just like working in hospitality. Everyone else is commiserating. Everybody should have to do it once. I swear <laughs> it. I worked at Longhorn Steakhouse in Columbia, South Carolina, and it really puts things in perspective and you never lose that perspective. I'll tell you that right now. Adam Driver for Galactus. Someone called Kevin up, says Blah Roski. Also, Blah Roski, I saw your comment earlier in the show talking about how Nate Moore likes to talk. Shh, 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 shh. Let the man let, keep let him talking. do it. Let him talk. Let it him makes talk. our job so much easier. Yeah, we love we love talking to Nate Moore. <laughs> phase four day, best Phase Four debut characters go. I mean, this one's obvious for me, Julia. Shang Chi. Shang Chi had hands down the best movie and my favorite movie. Uh, let's go around that. What's everybody's best Phase Four debut? Agatha, all along, baby. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> Jamie and I bringing the surprises. Bringing the surprises, Jenna. <laughs> well, I'm also going to be surprising and say Jen Walters because, of course, I would Shocking. also. Kate Bishop is my second because, like, that Haley Steinfeld knocked it out of the park. My number two is Taskmaster. Just kidding. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I've been derailed. Um, it's definitely a Mavalani. Definitely yes. is. Come on. Oh, God. yeah. Of she's course. Really I mean, there are so many good new characters in Phase Four. Yeah. There are so Elena, many good new characters in Phase Four. I mean, Yes, Yelena. Red Guardian is like super fun. <laughs> Alexi. Uh, there's, I mean, uh, Wenwu was great, great villain. Jai Ling, Shang Chi's sister, leader of the Ten Rings. Who knows? We're going to see that story pay off. I don't even know. Uh, Y'all haven't met him yet, but Namor is. Oh, Namor, oh my God. Namor's about to change people's lives. Okay. Spray bottles in the theater. You're going to need them. You're going to need them. <laughs> see, Phase Zero, this is Peter in the comment section says Doc Ock. And somebody said Toby by a mile. I see. I, I have a. That was also Peter. <laughs> if we were gonna do like villain rankings or something, uh, it's hard. Like, does Green Goblin count? 
Because yeah. he's, you know, he's really part of, he's part of the Toby, the Sam Raimi verse. I think he counts, but I wouldn't call this the debut, phase four debut because yeah. they've played the characters yeah, that's before. That's I would yeah, count them true. as characters, but not as debut characters. I have something I want to talk about. Oh, oh. I got something. And, Are we uh, you know, we. Jamie rant? <laughs> no, it's not a rant. Uh, I wish I, I had that much passion in me on a Wednesday, but I don't. Um, <laughs> no, okay. Uh, we saw, we talked about some Halloween costumes, but we didn't talk about the best Halloween costume of all, and that was Kiki Palmer as Rogue. Uh, yes. oh, her right. leaning yes. into that fan cast. Um, man, at this yeah, point, like, I, I want her to have it so bad. Uh, she looked so good. She'd be so good. And uh, that's that's my little tidbit. It's really Lord. difficult not to just really like Kiki Palmer. <laughs> like she's just like I think she'd be awesome. I think that'd be cool. I, those photos are cool. Those photos are great. Lord, I've seen what you've done for others. Please, <laughs> please. <laughs> it was just funny, like I saw those pictures and I'm like, I hope this doesn't preclude her from eventually getting cast because like this was so perfect. I hope this isn't just all we get because yeah, I feel like we cannot do better for Rogue than her at this point. I think we've talked about this before, but has there ever been an instance of somebody campaigning for a role and actually getting it besides me as Didn't Nova? Simu? Simu. Simu and oh, yeah. like, Joe Manganiello, technically. Like, there was fan art of Joe Manganiello, and then he saw that and was like, oh, I want to play Deathstroke, and then that kind of led to that. So, it's happened. I, I just think of, like, Stephen Lang, let's lay some cable. Yeah. I think about those kind of things, and they, they so rarely play out. Like, Giancarlo Esposito is talking so strongly about about joining the MCU, I'm like, they're just gonna, they're gonna, they're never gonna bring him in. It's too good to be true. And once they start campaigning, but sometimes, sometimes, who knows, who knows? Uh, all right, all right. When do you think Miles, ooh, ooh, Mark Crypt, when do you think Miles Morales is going to be introduced? I think in Spider-Man 4, which there's rumors going around online, I'm trying to dig into these and I haven't been able to get anything, but people online are saying that there's some sort of deal being made with Tom and Sony and Marvel, and uh, I'm trying to dig in and get some information on that, but who knows if it's true. But uh, not me right now. I don't know. I'm just repeating some stuff that's on Twitter <laughs> at this point. So sorry to let y'all down right at this point. If, but once I hear more, if I do, I will bring it. I think Spider-Man 4 is where we get Miles, personally. Uh, 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 unless, unless Sony says, this is the hottest character in the world right now. We don't need to do this with Marvel Studios. Let's just make a Miles Morales movie which I think would be a huge bummer. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Please, no. Sony. Sony, you're not good at things. That deserves to happen in the MCU. That cheeseburger <laughs> deserves to happen, dog, doggone it. What the heck? Yeah. yeah. See, I was going to say Secret Wars because I, I feel like when you like destroy the multiverse and then rebuild it again, you could just have him pop up from his corner of the multiverse and then somehow end up in the MCU from there. Uh, but knowing how some of these movies at the other studios go. Yeah. Miles is going to end up being Spider-Man the Morbius first. <laughs> that would be, so, that would be, I mean, that's what you call tragedy right yeah. there. That's what we call tragedy. But I think Spider-Man 4, if, if, there is, if there is sensibility about how to do a long game with this character to continue to keep him as hot as he is and make the box office as hot as it can possibly be for the long run, I think you bring Tom Holland back and you do a Spider-Man 4 and then you introduce Miles in that character. We already know Donald Glover had a nephew, uh, Prowler had a nephew in the MCU. We never saw Donald Glover again. It's been long enough for that nephew. How old did he say he was in Homecoming? Wasn't he like seven years old at that point? Can he be like 13, 14 years old now? Maybe, we'll, I don't know what's going to happen first. All right, I'm gonna, actually, hold on. I got a great question for everybody. <laughs> I got a great question for everybody. What's going to happen first? 
we're going to meet Miles Morales in the MCU, or from that same movie that planted the same seeds, we'll find out who bought Avengers Tower. Which one's going to happen first? I don't think we're ever finding out who bought Avengers Tower. <laughs> Easy. I'm sorry. Miles. I mean, Miles. you said it yourself. The demand is there. There's a path. Like, <laughs> Spider-Man would have to be, what, two years away? Are we really going to figure out about Avengers Tower the next year? I hope for Brendan Davis's sake we do. Because I want his suffering to end. There's a whole <laughs> phase zero true detective arc yeah. of Brandon trying to figure out who bought Avengers Tower. So I, I, yeah. No, go yeah. ahead. I was going to say, no, I, think I, gonna, I still think it's a Bank of America. Is It's a spirit Halloween. Yes. Um, I think it's going to, like, that answer is going to be given to us in the most innocuous way possible. It's going to be like an establishing shot of, like, a special presentation or a Disney Plus thing. And then we're going to be like, oh, my God, Avengers Tower. And that's all it's going to get. Like, so I, I feel like it could happen first, but also because I feel like Miles is so much further away. <laughs> that would be like, that would be like having a major story point that affects every character in the MCU <laughs> and doing seven movies and six shows. And then in the eighth episode of your ninth show in phase four, just saying the Sokovia Accords were repealed. It'd be a lot like that. <laughs> the Avengers, man. The Avengers, it's Avengers Tower. It's Avengers Tower. <laughs> Honestly, Wong bought it. It's the yeah. Wong MCU and we're all just just renting some space in it all right that is that is our show today everybody thank you so much next week jenna's gonna be leading the charge we might let jim out of jail who knows maybe liam will be back we'll figure out who will be in my place but jenna will be in charge of the show next week so uh please show up support have fun with it it'll be a fantastic show jamie any last words for today's show welcome back to wednesday Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah. Uh, watch Andor. I'm just going to say that every week because it's amazing. It's so good. Uh, uh, you know, I saw Tar last night. It's spooky season's over. Time for award season watches. Uh, we're in a new season. Uh, so Cape, Team Cape Blanchett currently. Jenna. Um, go read some comics. Go read some Wonder Man comics if you want to learn a bit more about his very weird backstory that I gave at the start of the show. Um, go watch Black Adam if you haven't already. You'll you'll have a fun time, I can guarantee it. And yeah, follow me on Twitter at Hayes Chenelin. We're so close, everybody. It's at yes. Summer Lake Hornet on uh, Twitter. And go watch me talk to Ryan Coogler and make Ryan Coogler laugh on the Phase Zero YouTube channel. That was really fun. I really appreciate most of the positive response to the interview. It was very nice to see. Hugely positive response. Yay. Let's go. 40,000 views so and counting on our wow. channel. That's Thank our you. most viewed video in months. Great job, Aaron Perrine. Thank you, Ryan Coogler, for giving us the time. I immediately sent an email with that link. And with screenshots of some of the positivity in the comments to Disney, I said, get Ryan Coogler on phase zero. So hopefully, oh my gosh, that would be incredible if, if we got that time. But we'll take anybody from that. We'll hopefully we'll, we'll get some guests for Black Panther to talk about it on the show. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the phase zero channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash phase zero. Subscribe, hit the thumbs up on this video, five-star reviews on uh, Apple and Spotify. I don't know. I'm told that they help us. So that would be really cool. I think they do. I believe it. And uh just make sure you're subscribed because who knows what's going to happen to Twitter <laughs> these days, who knows? And hopefully, you know, you, you know where to find us on YouTube and Spotify and Apple and all the other podcast platforms. Hit me up at Brandon Davis BD and uh, we'll see you next week. Later, everybody. <laughs>